What's up, everybody? This is Alec Coughlin, host of the Growth Mindset, powered by Ludlow. This podcast is focused on the people that are inspiring us all to get better every day. These are the folks with the growth mindset. Understand how they live, how they think, how they operate. Ball players, entrepreneurs, artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, all those super interesting people that inspire us all. So keep in mind, every day you got two choices. You can either get worse or get better. This podcast is 110% dedicated to helping us all get better every day. So here we go. All right, episode number four, we got Peter Stern, founder, CEO, president of the Strategic Agency, I've learned my lessons here on the, the, the podcast stuff. Um, I want to let my uh, awesome guests just get into it and, and talk about their journey. But before we begin on that front, Peter is someone that's you know, near and dear to my heart. I've known him for a long time. You know, Club Macanudo, Peter, let's, let's go way back to, I think that was like 2006, Bobby Reef. Um, but you know, it's awesome to have you on. I really appreciate you taking the time. I think the audience is really going to benefit from this conversation. So Maybe if you don't mind, just a couple minutes or a couple you know, seconds on, on you and the agency and, and you know, just a little bit of background to set the context before we jump in, if that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, no, great to be with you, Alec, and uh, excited for our conversation today. You know, my, my journey really started, you know, from where, where I grew up in, in, in Cleveland. My father was an entrepreneur and, and ran his own business. So it's always been in, in my blood. Um, I thought very early on, I wanted to be a sports agent. I went to Ohio state. We have a little football team there and the agent wanted me to help him recruit a few players. Um, but after contemplating law school, I just decided that, you know, that side of the business business wasn't going to be my journey and, and really sort of discovered my talent in, in marketing. And I had a short stint at, uh, Cats Media Corporation, which has morphed and evolved into a lot of different companies, including Clear Channel and, and, and Live Nation. And I was only there for about three and a half years, um, but had a nice run. I uh, was one of the youngest managers that the 100-year-old company ever had. But for me, it was always about, you know, taking a chance and going out on my own and I actually did, Alec, what, what my father had taught me never to do, which was to go into a business that I didn't know anything about. So when I decided to leave Cats Media, I had sort of this uh, get-rich real estate concept, and you can probably guess the ending, which wasn't very good. I thought I was going to use all these riches to, to start my agency, but I was still very determined to to get started. And what I did was I just spent – three and a half months going to the, the business library in, in New York City and reading How Do You Run an Agency, some great books by some legends like like David Ogilvy. And I borrowed my mother's computer. She was a, a teacher and my sister had a coffee table and I set it up on a uh, love seat in my, my apartment and, and my, my agency was born right out, right out, of, my, uh, right out of my apartment. And uh, that was sort of the, the start of, of Strategic Sports Group, which eventually morphed into 
the strategic agency. And for the first decade, we really played in sort of both sides of the business. Uh, one, which you've been in, which is representing sports properties, sitting in that apartment a couple months in, I got a phone call from the Kraft family and the New England Patriots, and they explained to me that they were a family organization and they, they liked to keep the secrets in the house and asked me if I wanted to come up to Boston uh, the next day. I was actually brainwashed from reading all the business books and said, gee, you can't sort of be on both sides of the fence because I really wanted to represent brands. Talked to a friend at Fox Sports in California and he said to me, uh, you're an idiot. Everyone makes money in the NFL. You better go to Boston. So I did that the next day and the New England Patriots right out of my apartment became one of my first clients along with GlaxoSmithKline who's with me today. And that was really how I built my business, um, property representation and representing brands for the, the first sort of decade. Um, again, we've been around for 22 years and today we only represent brands, but that was, that was really my start. I love it. And there's, there's a lot to unpack there, but just to contextualize this for those that, um, you know, aren't in the sports and entertainment marketing space. And I can say this, Peter, as your agent, um, you know, Peter's built one of um, the best and, and, you know, best reputations in terms of an agency in this space, you know, out there. And I, I've always felt like, you know, that's something that in of itself is a hell of an accomplishment, you know, regardless of how competitive the industry is. And this is a very competitive industry and one that obviously has, has been through a lot, um, you know, in, in, in the COVID era that we're in. And I think one of the things I, I would love to just hear you talk about, Peter, because number one, you just described something that's like the visual of three and a half months, you know, the, the laptop, the books and, and, and getting after it. I could see you doing that. And, and I'm sure that you apply the same, you know, kind of rigor and, and, you know, think and do and iterate, you know, to building your business, you know, today and, and going forward and help us understand a little bit, like, what's it been like to be in the sports, you know, space over the last, I don't know, eight, nine months since things got a little hairy. Um, and how have you been able to kind of navigate or think through on the fly, you know, the impact? Because clearly the sports business is, one, you know, is one that unfortunately has been hit a little harder than others. I think the folks would love to hear, you know, because you got the mindset, the growth mindset, of course, like how, do, how have you been thinking about it and how have you been able to navigate, um, you know, the twists and turns of, of this new world that we're in? Yeah, so I, I think about, you know, life lessons and you, you try to take sort of all these different experiences and, and pull them together to sort of create your your mindset and your rigor and your discipline. And so certainly there's been nothing that would have prepared you for this global pandemic. I do think there are bits and in, in, in pieces that you can pull from. You know, I had an office in a townhouse in Manhattan when 9-11 hit and, and we, we, we pulled people from the street into our office to call loved ones. Um, but nothing really prepared you directly for this. So I think out of the 9-11 um, lesson, you know, we just started with the human factor, which was let, let's talk less about the business and just how are people doing? You know, are, 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 are you doing okay? Is your family okay? You know, our agency was hit particularly hard with some folks losing some, some loved ones. So I think 
that first above all else is where we started. And then obviously having a, a ton of flexibility for people understanding that we are in a unique time that, that no one has ever seen. The second thing that, that I would point out is, is really just the value and the importance of planning and, you know, contingencies, um, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, and obviously I have a lot of consultants and, and partners and, you know, internal teammates that I lean on, um, but we immediately went into, you know, what do some rainy day scenarios look like and how can we get out in front of planning so that when, you know, we're on the other side and, and we hit the switch, you know, we can really hit the ground running. And then the last thing that I would point out, and, and you know this from your own experience, Alec, is, you know, it's overused, but everyone always talks about relationship business. And without question, the sports industry is that above all else. You know, we may find ourselves one day on opposite sides of the table and the next on the same side. Um, but for us, it's always been about having long-term clients. And in this type of an environment, the importance of that, not only with clients, but with partners to sort of work together to figure it out, you know, really became paramount. So those, those would be three things that I, that I would highlight that I think is, has helped us during this, this time. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and none of that surprises me. I think those principles, you know, or I should say the principles that, that I've always understood um, from you and every time we've connected about, you know, how you've grown your business, I think that that's a direct reflection of those principles, which is awesome that you, you know, stand by them and, and they're, they're so important to, to be human um, for sure. And I think one of the questions that I imagine a lot of folks would be, you know, interested in, you know, specific to the, the human factor is the flexibility. So is there any um, color or context you have on, what you think the future of of work in relation to the agency or otherwise space kind of looks like? Do you anticipate that, you know, you'll have more people working like a hybrid scenario versus, you know, coming into the office five days a week? Or does it affect the way that you think about recruiting the next generation of talent and, and geographically speaking, you know, the priorities that you, you place on where someone is or isn't and, and you know, virtually or otherwise? Talk a little bit about, if you could, the way that you're thinking about, you know, the next, I don't know, 12, 18 months of, of, of the future of, of work, you know, specific to, you know, your world in particular. Yeah. And, I, and I'll also talk about the future of work, but in the, the, the broader context of the connected economy. I mean, yeah. we've always tried to be out in front of technology and innovation has always been one of our core attributes and, and, and ways that we've differentiated our agency. So for us, as we've entered this period, you know, we've talked a lot about building new, new muscles. And, and one of the areas that we've been focused on is positive disruption and, and what can marketing look like when you apply technology in a, in a digital first mindset. And so for us, you know, we think about opportunities where you can't really put the, the toothpaste back in the tube. And we think this window has really accelerated um, the connected economy and, and all the new ways that brands will, will engage with consumers 
in in the future. And we think some of that disruption is is really positive. You know, there's been some tough ROI sometime when you really get down to penciling it out in sponsorship and experiential marketing and technology can be a great equalizer in terms of scale. The other thing that we've found, which you asked about was, you know, how, how we work as a company. Um, So we were lucky that we already had a a system in place, um, you know, video conference, et cetera, um, where we could, we could stay connected and and communicate. Um, But like a lot of other companies, you know, this has brought us closer. You know, we have a greater frequency of, of meetings together. Um, We, we also, find that, you know, there's new ways that we can use technology to be more productive. So without question, I think this hybrid model um, of not all of us every day having to be together um, will benefit from that. Certainly there's some bottom line um, back-end fiscal advantages in terms of how you think about uh, real estate with your agency. Um, but we're, we're excited about um, what the other side will look like in terms of our longer term term vision. And like everybody, we're just we're just looking forward to getting back to to degrees of normalcy. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I couldn't agree with all of it, especially that last bit. Um, and we'll get there. Right. We always do. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to touch on, too, because you, you've, you've brought it up. And I like that positive disruption term. I'm definitely going to steal that and give you a shout out. Um, no theft without credit, of course. But um, talk a little bit about like, you know, so you've always been, you know, building a, a, an awesome business and, and, you know, kind of like we had talked about recently, you're, you're, you're a chess player. You're not playing checkers, right? You're seeing the future and you're, you know, capitalizing and you're running towards it and you, you bring in, you know, great people to, to work with you. You've got a killer culture. Um, Talk a little bit about, you know, where you're seeing opportunities in this connected, you know, era of business and a lot of that stuff, you know, being accelerated and pulled forward by COVID, which, you know, is a silver lining with all the stuff we're going through. But talk a little bit about, you know, where do you see some really interesting prospects for growth in the future um, that, you know, maybe, you know, you weren't really thinking about as much a couple of years back, but now you're really thinking about and focused on and you know, as an entrepreneur, talk a little bit about, you know, where your passion lies in relation to that. Cause I think you're a super innovative guy. I think you, you get excited about that stuff. Um, and I'd love to maybe share a little bit of that with the audience. Cause I think they'd appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, you know, Alec, about five years ago, I opened up a digital innovation lab, a, a sister agency to, to complement our, our, our core business of sponsorship and experiential marketing called coffee. You know, my wife used to always make me get her a cup of coffee every morning down on third Avenue in, in, in Manhattan. And I had this vision to create this brand appropriately named coffee and down in Soho one day when we're back to normal, you know, you'll come down and visit us again and you have to walk through the coffee shop and hit the secret speakeasy door to go downstairs into our, our innovation lab, but that, but that was really about um, opportunities that, that we're talking about in terms of the connected economy. And, and what we've seen in sponsorship is, is a bit of a new model where, you know, the old model was you used to 
sort of borrow and draft off of this association that, that a brand would get from aligning with a league or a team and, and leverage those IP rights. And then the new model was really brands would have the ability to curate and do their own storytelling. And now through all these new channels like social media and digital outlets, you know, you have distribution in ways to push out, you know, to an audience and you can really start to, to shape your own story and have a dominant share of voice. So at, at the heart of what, what we've talked about a lot is content. But for us, it was really about allowing consumers to experience content, not just consume it. So that comes from different forms of, of technology, whether it's augmented reality, virtual reality, AI, biometrics, gesture-based content, largely driven through, you know, the mobile phone and, and mobile experiences. Um, so I think, you know, going back, that was the mission that, that we had set out to. And now where we are today and looking forward, because the importance of virtual engagement, engagement has risen where you have this sort of touchless, you know, economy, um, we're finding some great opportunities um, to utilize technology to allow brands to still have conversations and engagement with consumers. Um, so that, that, that I think is, is, is a big part of the story and, and, and what we're doing today and any areas that we'll be focused on um, going, going forward. That's awesome. I, I think that's, you know, it's, there's so much value, you know, and as a sport, I mean, I'm talking about myself as a consumer, of course, but as a guy that, you know, whether it be riding my bike around Central Park to try to stay sane while living in Manhattan through this craziness, or being able to watch NFL football and, you know, talk a lot of shit with my buddies around fantasy football or leagues and, you know, all that good stuff. I think that the, the mobile experience, and I, I love what you said about not just, you know, consuming the content, but just experiencing it, I think there's a lot of really exciting opportunities, you know, go forward in this space. And um, it's cool to hear you talk about that. And, and I, I, I think one of the thing that I wonder if you might be able to touch on, because I think it's a natural, you know, kind of transition right here is that, you know, you and I, you know, know a lot of folks in the sports space in particular, and they might be working at places that are, you know, great places to be working, whether on the brand side or the agency side or what have you, but they might be working in environments that are a little bit less, um, you know, they're not embracing the future as much as perhaps these people would like, or perhaps these folks have always wanted to make, you know, the entrepreneurial leap, whether they be starting their own, you know, shop or what have you, or, or co-founding or partnering up and, and all these good things, but taking a more entrepreneurial approach. And so it's a long-winded way of saying, Peter, I, I know that you more or less started from the jump. And I love the way you told that story about, you know, starting your own thing, but a lot of other folks, you know, they delay that a little bit and it gets harder, right? It gets harder and harder every day that you delay the entrepreneurial, you know, path, it's harder to, to, to quote unquote, jump out of that airplane. So if you were able to kind of just speak to those types of folks, you know, in the space or in general, about how does somebody with like, you know, 10 to 15, 20 years of experience in corporate, you know, America, agency, brand, otherwise, how do they start thinking about, you know, taking that more entrepreneurial journey and, and any tips and recommendations that, that you might have or, or observations of those that 
have done it and been successful or not successful and, and things they should be thinking about. I think that would be cool if you might, you know, consider speaking about that a little bit as well. Yeah, no, it's a, a great question and certainly, you know, a life journey. I mean, you know, I was in my, my late twenties and, you know, I always joked that part of it was also a little bit of, of, of ignorance. You know, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend going to a library and reading for three months and then starting a business based on, on, on what you, you had read about. Obviously I was in the space, but on, on the other side. Um, but I would say no matter what, there is this just leap of, of faith. And I think what ends up happening to a lot of people, and it happened to me, is that you put up these invisible hurdles that don't really exist, but you, cre you create them in your mind. And I'll never forget the first time, you know, I did all my homework. I worked on my positioning, my marketing, you know, my buddy who I grew up with, Peter Slode from Cleveland helped me scribble out a, a three-page, you know, business plan. We tested it. I read one of Bill Marriott's books. So I went out and I, I, I interviewed customers and did, did some, some listening, but ultimately it was, it was go time. And I remember my first meeting, you know, I went to LaGuardia airport in New York city and I, and I flew to my hometown Cleveland and I had a meeting with key bank. And at the time they had the biggest, largest agency in the world. And quite frankly, you know, here I am walking in by myself, you know, agency company of one and, you know, you're terrified, right? It's the first time you're, you're on the stage and the, and, and the lights go on. And at the end of the day, I didn't get the business. Um, but at the end of that meeting, they said to me, Hey, you know what? You think differently. And I've never heard that before from our agency. I think this could be really interesting for us at the right time, you know, to work with you. And that just taught me that all that other stuff, you know, driving to the airport, going to that meeting, it was, it was all that I had, that I had created in, in my mind. And so I think as an entrepreneur, you know, just having the confidence and belief in yourself and your vision and relentless pursuit of that, you know, is, is critical because you're going to hit walls and you're going to get rejection and all that is just, you know, a part of the journey. And, you know, no one, no one knows that, you know, more, more than me. I mean, I've gotten more no's and, and Heisman's as, 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 as they call it than, you know, any human being probably on the planet, but you, but you got to keep going. And you, and you got to believe in your vision and, and yourself. That's that gives me the chills, Pierre. I'm so glad that you unpack it that way. I want to, you know, go one step deeper on that. Cause I think what you're helping people understand, right. Is mental models, right? So whether it's a quote unquote positive mental model or a negative mental model, um, you know, the, the thing that, uh, you know, the invisible hurdles, I mean, my God, do I, I, <laughs> that's so true on so many levels. So, if I were to, to play it back, and then I'll ask you a question, the back end of it is what you're really talking about is, is there's, there's the thinking and then there's the doing, right? And, and you got to get to the doing. And, and as an entrepreneur, the doing, you know, you know, it's very rewarding, but boy, is it rough. And, and it's never like, hey, oh, there's Peter Stern. He's got it easy. He just, you know, he does his thing and everything he touches turns to gold, right? It's, it's, 
day in and day out, you got to be persistent and you got to execute, right? And so I guess the the last question on that front and, you know, just kind of dig into a little bit further is, you know, if, if someone in their mind, right, again, 15, 20 years of experience, you know, is creating these, these mental models and these hurdles, um, you know, what you're basically recommending is, is you gotta, you gotta have faith in your ability to execute. And, and so do you think it, it also is important that those same people develop relationships with folks that have done it, are doing it, and maybe it, it speaks to, you know, whether it's co-founders and partners, but how do you suggest that folks start to, maybe they keep the day job a little bit, but they start experimenting in these territories of, that require that kind of persistence. So, you know, what do you think, you know, what would you recommend for someone who's, who's really thinking hard about making that leap, but they've got some pretty, you know, serious visible hurdles in their mind. Do you think they should just kind of experiment a little bit on the side, you know, a little side hustle action, or do you think they should just, you know, jump right in and just have faith and, and just get after it? Like, where do you, where do you land on that? I know it's that there's a lot of depends in there, but where do you land on those, those, that question of, of if you had to pick one of the two paths? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about a, a couple of things, you know, one, um, for me, it was all about, it was, it was about being all in and, and certainly didn't want to moonlight on, on someone else's dime. So the idea of, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and focus on this was, was, was critical. Cause I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be hundred percent, um, all in. And, and, you know, if you have a, a commitment somewhere else, you need to, to honor that. But your point about mentors, I think is, is key. I mean, I've had some wonderful mentors, um, that have helped me tremendously. And, you know, I always tell, you know, a lot of people looking to break into this industry, you know, be a sponge, be a detective, a ask questions and, and mentors are great places to start. I mean, I think about, you know, Bob Bloom, who was the old CEO of Publicis Bloom, who, who has been a tremendous mentor for me and, and, and ran a shop at, at sort of a next level and, and, you know, life lessons that he's given me or Jim Burnett, um, an executive that was at NBC and Fox sports for, you know, a long time. And, and the way that he would approach people and, and tidbits that he gave me. So without questioning, without question, you know, mentors are, 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 are critical. And I would in, encourage people to, to find them and they can come in all shapes and, 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 and sizes. Um, the other thing I think in terms of, you know, talking about the confidence to go out and do it, you know, that comes from preparation. So, you know, I can't say enough about, you know, really spending the time on the front end before you walk into a meeting, um, you know, think about what do you want the other person on the other side to feel, to say to you, to do, you know, one of the, you know, tricks in sports, which a lot of us know about is, you know, visualization. How many times have you been in a sand trap and you're preparing to hit that shot and you're sort of seeing it before you do that. So all of, all of, of those kind of techniques directly apply to, to business and, you know, they're techniques that I used when I started and, you know, I, I still use them today. And, you know, one of the things that I try to do too is you know, when you start to strain, you're not as focused is, you know, go back to those basics and go back to some of the, the, the building blocks. And, and I think that, that that gives you 
a lot of comfort and confidence uh, in terms of how you perform. That's awesome. I mean, so you, you touched on a couple of things there. And, and in addition to the advice about mentors in particular, I think that's huge. I also think, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, I think Rob Durdeck actually was the one that started opening up my eyes to it. Guy's a super successful entrepreneur, right? Is is creating your own luck and and preparation and visualizing and the fundamentals. We all get, you know, a little bit turned around sometimes. We get a little busy and, you know, we're distracted or we're not focusing on the the fundamentals. But I think all of that is super helpful. And and I I definitely um, I think that that's I, I couldn't agree more. And and I I think that the kind of the last question we typically ask on, on these podcasts and you've, you've touched on it throughout, which I think is a testament to how thoughtful you are and, and why you you're, you know, in the position that you're, you're in is, you know, being, you know, what is the, the, how do you, how do you develop the edge, right? How do you, how do you invest in um, yourself and your company and where do you acquire knowledge and how do you continue to, you know, make sure that you're getting better. And it sounds like, you know, you're all in on, on um, mentorship and, and, you know, being very thoughtful and, and, pre- and preparation and, and, you know, a research oriented approach to everything. But is there anything that you'd, you'd want to share with the audience in terms of, you know, how you think about, you know, staying, you know, a, you know, one or two steps ahead of the industry, one or two steps ahead of your um, you know, peers and, and competitors, is there, you know, besides, you know, the obvious books and podcasts and, you know, the Twitter threads, et cetera, but is there anything that you want to share with folks in regards to how do they maintain that edge? Um, how do they, you know, continue to invest in themselves um, that you haven't already touched on? And if you've already touched on it, fantastic, because I think you've brought a wealth of that kind of knowledge to this conversation, which I appreciate. Yeah, no, I think there's a, a real benefit to remaining you know, extremely curious. So, you know, that can come from a lot of different places, like you said, reading, digesting, consuming. Um, but I do a lot of, you know, networking, um, you know, in, in, a, in a different world. Obviously, you get energized by experiences and new cultures and, and new people and, 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 and diversity. So I think remaining curious is, 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 is critical um, because, you know, you never know where one journey is going to, going to lead you, you know, you turn over one rock and it leads you, you know, to, to, to two other places. So I think, I think that's um, really important, you know, for me as a, you know, founder of a company, you know, it can, it can get a little bit lonely at times and you can be a prisoner of your own thinking. So I use a outside business coach, that, you know, provides me, you know, you know, great soundboard and, and, and feedback and, and helps me just sort of crystallize and shape visions and sometimes see things that, that normally I may, I may not be seeing or just point out to me, you know, specific behavior that, you know, I need to, I need to change. And then the last thing would just be, you know, a little bit of the obvious, but just, you know, your own personal mental state, right? Like, you know, what are you doing to sort of, you know, keep yourself feeling good and and energized. So when, when you come in, you know, prior to this podcast, doing some guided meditation that I like to do or working out um, in the morning, which I, which I did or spending time, you know, with your family so that you've got, you know, a nice, a nice balance. So that's, that's a little bit of it. Um, 
but certainly uh, a key area. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great being with you here today, Alec. This is one of those kind of experiences that, you know, it, it energizes you and, you know, prompts you to, 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 to think differently. I, I appreciate it, Peter, and, and, and the feeling is 100% mutual, and I'm glad we're able to do this, and I'm excited to, to share this with, with the audience and with my network because, you know, you're one of the people that obviously um, I talk about a lot, and people, you know, know about, you know, how I feel about the business you've built and, and you as a, as a human and your brand and uh, your principles, so I really appreciate the time. We'll, uh, we'll call it a wrap here. Um, but thanks again, my man. And, uh, you know, have a great weekend. Okay. Thanks, man. Great being with you, Alec. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Take care.